An elementary school teacher spent several mornings teaching her class about magnets. She showed them how they attracted iron filings, even from a distance. And so that Friday, there was a test, and one of the questions was, what starts with M has six letters and picks things up? And half of the class answered, mother. <laughs> Today is Mother's Day, and I want to wish all mothers a very happy day. And as many of you know, Mother's Day in this country was first promoted by Julia Ward Howell, Howell, I'm sorry, author of Battle Hymn of the Republic in 1872. Anna Jarvis picked up the torch in 1907 and continued to work hard for Mother's Day. And in 1914, Woodrow Wilson made it official. In England, Mothering Sunday is celebrated on the fourth Sunday of Lent, which is also designated as Rose Sunday. So as we celebrate motherhood in our families, it seems appropriate to reflect on the motherhood of God. We've all grown up with an understanding of God that uses masculine pronouns. Jesus referred to God as Abba, which is translated as Father. And so while many of us know that God is neither male nor female, it is important at times to lift up the feminine dimension of God so as to make that explicitly clear. We have a Trinitarian understanding of God, so I'd like to focus briefly today on the persons of the Trinity, each of the persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and try to see the feminine dimension in each one. So let's begin with God the Father, the Creator. And in our gospel for today, Jesus prays for his disciples and for all of us who father him, who follow him, I'm sorry. He asks that we may all come to know the love which he has experienced from God. And as I said, Jesus addressed God as Abba, which is actually closer to Daddy than it is to Father. Jesus went on to pray that there would be unity among us and that we would experience God's love directly as he had, and that knowing such love would help us to have unity among us. For many, praying to God as our Father resonates with positive feelings toward a Father who loved and cared for them. But for others, it can be difficult and even painful. The male language of John's gospel can be a struggle for one trying to include the feminine dimension of God. Therefore, it's not only balancing, but helpful to look toward the mothering dimension of our creator in other places in the Bible. Because of the vast number of male images, we can easily overlook the examples of feminine images for God in scripture. Perhaps the most significant place is in the Gospel of Luke, in which Jesus teaches using a feminine image for God. He tells three parables in sequence, the good shepherd, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. In the story of the good shepherd, it is the good shepherd who seeks the lost sheep who is the figure for God. In the story of the prodigal son, it is a forgiving father who accepts the prodigal back, who is the figure for God. And in the lost coin, it is the searching woman who eventually finds her valuable coin, who is the figure for God. In the prophets, God, who created the world, likens herself to a woman in the pain of childbirth, to a woman nursing her children at her breasts. Isaiah speaks so of God in female imagery that cannot be denied. 
and so does Hosea and Jeremiah and the author of Job and Deuteronomy. And these images are striking because they were written when the Jews were struggling against the other faith traditions of the area, most of which worshipped a great mother goddess. And at the same time, these writers speak in images that transcend the gender of whom they speak, of love that goes beyond the deep love and compassion a mother feels for the child of her womb. Isaiah says, can a mother forget her sucking child? Can she have no compassion on the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. In Genesis, we learn that male and female are made in the image of God, and that same story reveals to us that there is an otherness in God that we cannot comprehend. For the God that made all in God's image is neither male nor female nor a combination of both, but rather a transcendent otherness that contains both male and female and speaks to us in images of all of us. And yet, the sense of a protective and loving parent is often how we best understand God. And among those who first loved us, many of those were our mothers. And they didn't just say they loved us. They worked tirelessly and sacrificed to support us. And that's why we laughed when children named mother as the six-letter word that picks things up. It rings true. One very striking story of a mother's sacrifice was told to me years ago by a woman I met on a cross-country flight. She was en route to visit her daughter, who lived on a kibbutz in Israel. The woman was Eastern European, and so I assumed she was Jewish. When I said something to that effect, she countered, saying she was not Jewish. I then asked if her daughter converted at marriage, and she told me no, that she had raised her daughter as a Jew. Perplexed, I asked why, and she told me the following story. When the Nazis came to her village in Poland, they were rounding up Jews at the train station and deporting them. This woman had gone to market that day, and suddenly death and fear were in the air. In front of her was a Jewish woman with a small child. A Nazi soldier was pushing the woman onto a train. He asked if the child was hers, and the woman stopped and said no. And then looking into the face of the woman beside me, she pointed to her and said, she's hers. And so you took her child, I asked. Yes, she said. What would you have done? Last Wednesday was Yom HaShoah, the day of remembrance, Holocaust remembrance. And so it seems appropriate to remember, among the mothers we do remember, that astonishing woman who gave up her child in the hope of giving her child a life, and the woman who raised the Jewish daughter in a manner to honor the mother. Mothers not only picked up after us, they were often the ones who fed us, bathed us, clothed us, comforted us, cared for us when we were ill, and began our education. Chances are good it was also our mothers who taught us to pray and took us to church. In recent years, we're seeing more and more fathers actively involved in all dimensions of parenting, but many of us grew up before such changes. And while our fathers certainly loved us, we may not have had the intimacy and comfort with them that we did have with our mothers. And so for many, it helps us to feel the love of God if we remember that God loves us as a mother. 
Let's turn our focus now to the second person of the Trinity, the Son, the Word, Jesus the Christ. In our second lesson for today from the Revelation of St. John, we hear Jesus speaking and giving many wonderful and mystical names that are his and that begin with I am, as when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He goes on, I am the root and offspring of David, the bright morning star. Jesus reveals himself in this vision in many ways, so it is to another of the mystics we will now turn for a different and fresh view of Jesus. May 8th today is a day set aside every year for the church to commemorate Lady Julian of Norwich. This year, of course, it will be moved to Monday or Tuesday, but it's always May 8th. She was a 14th century English anchorite who lived a life of prayer following an amazing experience of healing combined with the vision of our Lord. In her vision, Jesus taught the Lady Julian many things, and she wrote down the teachings, which she called showings. It was the very first book by a woman in English. One dimension of her thought that has captured the imagination of many contemporary Christians and theologians theologians, is that Lady Julian, being a visionary, was not confined by our usual categories of understanding. She was capable of great spiritual gender bending and came to understand Jesus as none other than our mother. She wrote, Our great Father, Almighty God, who is being, knows us and loved us before time began. Out of this knowledge, in his most wonderful deep love, by the prescient eternal counsel of the all-blessed Trinity, He wanted the second person to become our mother, our brother, and our savior. From this it follows that as truly as God is our father, so truly is God our mother. Our father wills, our mother works, our good Lord the Holy Spirit confirms. And so Jesus is our true mother in nature by our first creation, and he is our true mother in grace by his taking our created nature. All the lovely works and the sweet loving offices of beloved motherhood are appropriated to him, and it is all one love. Even though the Lady Julian lived in the 14th century, many centuries before ours, the idea of Jesus' mother is still unfamiliar to most Christians. But we do have a strong image of a loving mother in the Gospels. It is Mary, the mother of Jesus, a woman who risked her life as an unwed teenaged mother and then followed her grown child to his tortured death on the cross. But Mary is not a feminine dimension of God. She was a human being, and it is her essential humanity that enables us to follow her as she followed her son, who was the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I'm going to veer off course just a little to speak of an area that can be difficult to get one's mind around. Occasionally, people have confused Mary with God the Mother and wanted to make her into a Christian goddess. But this is not our faith. It's contrary to the doctrine of the Incarnation, which insists that Jesus became human and was born of a woman. Confusing Mary with God the Mother could come as a result of the title Mother of God, which Mary acquired amid great controversy at the Third Ecumenical Council, which took place in the 5th century. 
It happened like this. Some of the early church fathers wanted to give Mary the title of Theotokos, the God-bearer or mother of God, but others thought she should only be known as the mother of Jesus. This gave rise to the question of whether Jesus was a human being closely united to God, a superior kind of prophet, or God in human form. What the council stated and what we say in the creeds is that he was a single undivided person who was both God and human at once. Consequently, the church gave Mary the title Theotokos, Mother of God, which remains her title in Christianity today. And we say that here at St. Luke's in the, um, at the end of the Eucharistic prayer. Now, here is where it can get confusing. While Mary is the mother of God, she is not God the mother. She is the mother of the church in that she is the mother of the body of Jesus, which is the body of Christ. She can show us how to lead our human lives and follow her son. But it is the mothering of her son that nurtures us into eternal life. Lady Julian said, so our lady, meaning Mary, is our mother, in whom we are all enclosed and born of her in Christ. For she who is mother of our Savior is mother of all, who are saved in our Savior. And our Savior is our true mother, in whom we are endlessly born and out of whom we shall never come. Now, as we continue looking at the feminine dimension of God, we turn to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And as we approach the great celebration of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, next Sunday, we look toward that aspect of the Trinity, which provides counsel and comfort. And it's here that we can probably come closest to what is universally accepted as the feminine dimension of God. It is the Holy Spirit in whom we live and move and have our being, the advocate, the paraclete, which literally means the one who fights at our back. The Holy Spirit is increasingly designated as feminine because the Hebrew word ruach, meaning spirit of God, is grammatically feminine, and the Greek word pneuma, meaning breath or wind as in pneumonia, is grammatically neuter. Consequently, it is not incorrect to refer to the Holy Spirit as she when we say the creed, and many do. In our Book of Common Prayer, the Nicene Creed designates the Holy Spirit as male when we say he has spoken through the prophets, when she would be equally, if not actually, more correct. The alternative version of the creed in Rite 1 obviates the issue because it says who has spoken through the prophets. But right one only gives us one option. Because the Holy Spirit is the most mysterious dimension of the Trinity, many Christians do not fully appreciate that dimension of God. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, around us, and between us. She has spoken through the prophets and leads us into wisdom, understanding, and inspired action. The Holy Spirit moves among us with a mother's caring love. There's great longing in the world for the comfort and nurture that comes from the feminine dimension of God. A Jewish proverb says, a mother understands what a child does not say. Maya Angelou said, to describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in its perfect power or the climbing, falling colors of a rainbow. The face of unconditional love often has a mother's face. 
When we long for the feminine face of God, it is important to remember that it is a part of our faith tradition. It is something that should be lifted up and celebrated. And so today, as we have looked at the feminine dimension of God in each of the persons of the Trinity, I hope we've gained a clearer sense of how, sense of how each one of us, especially mothers, but all of God's children, all men and women, are created in and can reflect the image of God. Let us pray. God of love, we ask you to especially bless the mothers of our families. Bless each one with the strength of your spirit, she who taught her children how to stand and how to walk. Bless her with the voice of your love, she who taught her children to speak, to sing, and to pray. Bless her with the place at your table, she who fed and nurtured life. Bless her today, now in this lifetime with all good things. Bless her with joy, love, laughter, and gratitude for her children. May your heavenly grace descend upon the mothers of our families, those living and those who have gone to glory. In the name of the blessed Trinity, who made each one in the image of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.